the beauty of the power of the scripture is that for all of us believers, the scripture is not simply a historical book. And so even when we read what looks like a historical account, we know because we believe in inspiration, that is actually an invitation to something more spiritual. And so the scripture for us is historical, it's analogical, it's allegorical, it is moral, it is spiritual. Depending on how much time you have on a given Sunday, you can take it to whatever route you want to go. And it's still a valid interpretation of the Word of God. If we had more than 10 minutes or 5 minutes for this reflection, every bit of movement of the story we read in the Gospel this evening has something very important to tell us as believers in Christ. First, the fact that the Magi came from the East, that itself is a homily in itself. The fact that they followed a star, that is something to think about. The fact that there was now two competing revelations or interpretations. The interpretation of the Magi from the East and the interpretation of the wise and noble men that were summoned by Herod. That is something to think about. The fact that they came with gifts. Three different kinds of gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's itself something to think about. The fact that they now have to return to their home through a different route is also something to think about. And so the point I'm trying to make is that we can't truly exhaust the beauty of what we celebrate tonight. But I just want to keep it very short. So let's call our attention to two main thematics from our celebration tonight. First, two competing interpretations. The three wise men from the East, and then the scribes and the Pharisees that were summoned by Herod. What does that tell us? Maybe we can call that active and inactive religiosity. Or maybe let's call it another thing, active and inactive revelation. The scribes and the Pharisees had the scripture. They knew it was prophesied that somebody was to be born, a child was to be born in Bethlehem. For them, it's just something in the books. Religion was simply something in the books. Scripture was just cold revelation. They had no personal interaction. They had no personal active engagement with the Word of God. So yes, the same God, the same revelation, but for them it was a cold, dry, inactive revelation that only existed in the book. 
There are three wise people from the East. Gentiles. People from the margins. Still had encounter with a revelation, but this time around, it was an active revelation. They got up, took gates, climbed on their horses, and were ready to travel to see the newborn king. So let me ask you one question. What kind of religion do you have? What kind of Catholic have you been? What kind of priest have I been? It's not enough that I've been a priest for 25 years. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm grateful God has kept me alive, all that. But the fundamental question is, at the end of the day, what kind of faith do I have as a priest? How active is it? You know, sometimes you, I read and like, oh, we are a Christian nation. We were founded on Christian principles. I agree. But at the end of the day, Christianity can become something that merely exists in the books and in the culture. And we fight all the cultural wars and we are fighting each other. And then at some point, we're like, stop, stop. True religion has to be active and alive. My priesthood will mean nothing if it is not alive in the way I relate with people, in my sympathy, in my empathy, in the way I treat people with respect. That is what is true religion. And that's our invitation as we celebrate this epiphany. One last point. Do you notice what happened towards the end of the story? After they had seen the newborn king, the word of God now comes to them and says, no, you are not going back by road 15. In fact, you are not even going back by Harrisburg. I want you now to turn around, you going down to Pittsburgh, and then find your way from there. And they're like, what? Our GPS is already set. We've logged in, we know our route. And you want to change everything about our life overnight? You know what that tells us? Sometimes we may be comfortable in our zone. And that might not be what God may want of us. I teach, I wake up on a Monday morning, I drive to Starbucks, get my coffee, caramel macchiato, I drive to school, and I sip my coffee, I do my thing, I come back home, I sleep, I wake up, I do that Monday through Friday. After a while, I might become closed in into my environment. What is happening in the East Shore is none of my business. What is happening in Baltimore is none of my business. What is happening in Congress is none of my business. Just give me my caramel macchiato and I'm fine. Sometimes as Christians, we may become too comfortable. We may become too closed in 
and we are not ready to change and take a different route that the Word of God may sometimes want us to take. And so one last point I want to leave us with as we celebrate this epiphany. Let's have the courage and pray for the grace sometimes to do things differently. Love differently. Treat your husband or your wife a little bit differently. Relate with that grumpy neighbor this year a little bit differently. That colleague that you can't stand Maybe treat him or her differently. An invitation. Maybe take a different route this year. And so our prayer as we celebrate this evening's feast is that in all the various ways that God reveals himself to us, let us pray and ask him to give us that same grace like he gave the three wise people First of all, to activate our faith. And if it's already active, reactivate that faith. And more importantly, let us not be afraid to change. Let us not be afraid to love differently and treat each other a little bit more differently. Amen. Amen.